This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise God. Good morning, family. So nice to be with you. We are counting down the days to celebration. Be sure to take off vacation and be there. We are going to have an incredible time. God is going to move mightily in the meetings. Don't miss it. All right. Now today, I have a brand new message for you titled, Who is the Word of God? Who is the Word of God? Or you might say, it's going to be revealing to us the power of God's Word. All right, let's go to John chapter 6, verse 63. Welcome to all of you watching online at home or wherever you might be. John 6, 63, I encourage you to bring your Bible to church. Jesus said this, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are Spirit and they are life. Say that, God's Word is Spirit. God's Word is life. The Word of God is a spiritual force. The Word of God is God's life and energy. It has the power to turn its readers into what they are reading. No other book in all of history has these abilities. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, For you, God, have magnified your word above all your name. So God says that he's magnified his word above his name. In other words, his word is more important to him than his name is. Now, what would you think is more important to you, your name or your word? The reason God's name is good is, and his name is trusted. The reason is because God honors and submits to his own word. God honors and God submits to his own word. When God says something, he does it. Because we can depend on him to keep his promises, that's why his name is good. You and I both know people who make a lot of promises and don't keep them. Say this, a man is only as good as his word. His name is not better than his word. Can't be. When God sent his word into action, he put himself into action. Again, when God sent his word, spoke it, God put himself into action. Satan knows that he must obey God's word, but he will only do it if we command him to do so by quoting the word of God to him. Very important, say that. The devil knows he must obey God's word, but he's not going to do it unless we quote the word to him and demand that he does and obeys it. All right, say this. According to the Father's word, the Father has given me 
complete access to all the authority of Christ to bring the Father's plans to pass in the earth. Yes, it's true. God has given you all the authority of Christ to bring Christ's plans to pass in the earth. Matthew 18, verse 18 tells us exactly that. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth or allow on earth will be loosed in the heavens. For example, God came to Joshua and told him that he was to take the place of Moses. He was instructed to lead the Israelites into the land of Canaan. God had to make sure that Joshua would succeed so that the Israelites would go into Canaan. So God gave Joshua a formula. Let's look at that formula, a formula for success. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law, word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, Joshua. You'll speak the word. But you shall meditate in the word day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In other words, if we look at the Word, think about the Word and what it says, meditate on it, spend time looking at a verse, we will become doers of that Word and not just hearers only. You'll never become a doer without meditating. And the result will be prosperity and success. That's the formula. Meditate in the Word of God, speak the Word of God, so that you end up obeying the Word of God. Then you will have prosperity and success. Pride, which is a rebellious, independent spirit, only interested in self-exaltation, is the spirit of Lucifer. The spirit of Christ is God's way for promotion through submission to the Word of God, through applying the Word of God. Because Joshua did what God told him to do, it created tremendous faith and authority in his life. Joshua applied the Word of God. Okay, in the heat of the battle, in Joshua 10, verse 12, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And Joshua said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Agilon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jashon? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like it, before it or after it, 
Watch these words here. That the Lord heeded the voice of a man. That the Lord heeded the voice of a man. Because Joshua meditated in the word of God, spoke the word of God, his faith grew exceptionally. So if we want to exercise authority in this world, if we want our prayers to be answered, if we want change in the circumstances around us when we speak, if we want to have spiritual power, if we want to speak to the storms in our life and command them to stop like Jesus did when he spoke the storm on the Sea of Galilee and the storm stopped. If we desire to walk in the authority of Jesus and Joshua and Moses and Elijah and Elisha and Paul the Apostle and Peter the Apostle, then please take this message which you are hearing today, which comes from the heart of God, take this message seriously. All right? It's because we hear the word, we meditate in the word, we speak the word, and then the most important, we act on the word. Act like the word's true. Uh, watch this, Matthew 8, 5. That's the formula for success. Matthew 8, 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. I love that. I love that. Right away, Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. It doesn't matter what your need might be. The response of the Lord desiring to help you is instant. You don't have to beg God. Know this, that God wants to help you immediately before you ask. I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. Watch that. I'm also a man under authority, under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Evidently, this Roman centurion was Italian, a Gentile, not a Jew. And Jesus said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel among the Jewish people. But here among this heathen A uh, uh, person who's not a Jew, I see this incredible faith greater than anybody's faith I've ever met here. Why did Jesus say this man had such great faith? What was it? What was it that caused Jesus to marvel? 
Because the Bible says he marveled. This man understood authority. That's what it was. He understood authority. He explained that he both exercised authority and was under authority. What's that? I give orders, but I take orders. He explained that he both exercised authority and was under authority. Therefore, he immediately recognized that Jesus was a man under authority. He was really saying to Jesus, I can see you are a man under authority. Because he was too, and he recognized that as a soldier. Now let's go back to this, which we've just read in Matthew 8 verse 9. Because this is where he said it. And look at this very carefully, this line here, right here. Matthew 8, 9. The man said to Jesus, For I also am a man under authority. In other words... Because you, Jesus, are under authority, you have authority. I'm an authority. I'm also a man under authority. Like you, both of us are under authority. And because you, Jesus, are under authority, don't you realize, Jesus, that you have authority? So all you would need to do, Jesus, is just speak to my servant and he will be healed. He's telling Jesus, he's teaching Jesus from a perspective of authority. Now, Lord, because I submit to authority, I can exercise authority. Just like the captain in the army. He listens to the major, he listens to the captain, uh, the, 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 the commandant, he listens to the general, he takes orders. Therefore, he can give orders. If he resigns from the army, he can't give orders anymore. It's because he's under authority that he has authority. So this man is saying, I'm a military man, I understand how authority works, so because I recognize that you are under authority, Jesus, all you have to do is give instructions and it'll happen. Wow. There is a definite connection between submission to authority and having faith. Again, there's a definite connection between submitting to authority and having faith. Submitting to the Word of God and having faith. They go like water and wet. You can't separate one from the other. If we understand how to submit to authority and how to exercise authority, we'll walk in great faith and power. Hear that again. If you know how to submit to the authority of the Word of God and do what it says, and if you know how to exercise authority wisely, you'll walk in great faith and great power with God, just like the Roman centurion. As Christians, we submit firstly to the Word of God and to all other authorities that are in harmony with the Word of God. 
All authorities that support the Word of God, we submit to those. And let's recognize the danger of not submitting to the Word of God. Let me say that again. Let's recognize the danger of not submitting to the Word of God. Jesus said about the last days in Matthew 24, verse 12, because lawlessness will abound in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. So we are living in the last days and we see lawlessness everywhere. People don't care what the law says about anything these days. And because lawlessness will abound, Jesus said, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness is rebellion. Rebellion. You see, the church lives in the world where they see lawlessness all the time. And unfortunately, some Christians, instead of letting the light shine and representing God and His Word, they are inclined to let that lawlessness get into their lives and into the church and live like that. So instead of us being an influence to them, the world is being an influence to us. And that's why people fall out of love with Jesus and backslide. There's never been a man on earth who exercised more authority, more faith, more power than Jesus Christ. And there's never been a person who submitted to authority as completely as Jesus Christ. Jesus healed the multitudes and he ruled the elements. Everything obeyed his voice when he walked on the earth. Everything obeyed his voice. Yet he said, I do nothing unless the Father show me first, and I say nothing unless the Father tell me first. Jesus said, I don't do a thing, and I don't say a thing unless I'm given instruction to do so. That's total submission to authority, right? No wonder he had so much power and faith. Now, in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before Jesus was crucified, he prayed with sweat falling down from his forehead like drops of blood. And he said, oh, my God, not my will be done, but your will be done. What was that about? In his humanity, he did not want to be separated from his father the first time in all eternity. And he did not want to suffer the punishment of the sin of man and go to hell in his humanity. And he's saying, God, if there's another way, let's do it. But Jesus was submitted to the Father's will even to the point of suffering crucifixion and the fires of hell. Why did the archangel Lucifer fall from his position of greatness? As the archangel that led the worship in heaven, before the throne, 
with musical instruments built into his being. Why did he fall from his position of authority? Isaiah 14, 12 explains. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. 13. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Watch that. I will. This is pride and arrogance. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. I'll be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. He said, I will be like the most high. In other words, I'm going to take over God's throne. I'm going to kick God off. I'm taking over. I'm going to sit on God's throne. I'm going to be God in the universe. Here is the created being, created by the Father to worship a godly angel who decided to rebel against God, who decided because of his beauty and his pride that he deserves to be God. Hmm. Do you notice the total disrespect for authority? This is rebelling against God. God's very throne is established because of his authority. God's kingdom functions by his authority. All physical laws of the universe are maintained by God's authority. All creation continues to exist because of God's authority. If God had no authority, he would have no throne. To reject God's authority is to reject God. The archangel Lucifer turned into Satan when he rejected God's authority. By rejecting God's authority, Satan was competing with God. Competing with God. By rejecting God's authority, one is saying, I know better than God. I know better than God. I won't do what God says because I know better. By rejecting God's authority. Now, rejecting God's authority is called rebellion. In this situation, the rebellion was seen in Lucifer's attempt to overthrow the throne of God. Therefore, rebellion is the spirit of Lucifer. So we see rebellion in Satan's actions. Therefore, rebellion here, that's the birth, the birth of rebellion. It's the birth of the spirit of Lucifer. James 4, verse 6. James chapter 4, verse 6. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Very important scripture there. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Proud 
pride, arrogance, all that bad stuff we saw now displayed in what Satan did. God resists the proud. He stands against them. Proud people have a real problem because they think the devil's their friend. He's not their friend. And they're making an enemy of God too. They're in big trouble. Proud people, beware. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. In other words, he forgives them and helps them even though they don't deserve it. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. All right? Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Now, we quote that scripture a lot. All of us do. Resist Satan, and he'll flee. Run as in terror. Wonderful. But look at the first part, submit to God. That means be a doer of the word of God. Obey God's word. How can I submit to God if I don't do what he says? Hello. Again, how can I be submitting to God if I don't do what God says? I'm only submitting to God if I'm a doer of the word. Submit to God, then resist Satan and he'll flee. So if I don't submit to God, if I'm not a doer of the word, I will not have any authority against the devil and demons. Because only if I submit do I have authority. So if I do not submit to God's word, my prayers are not going to work. Got it? I have no power with God. Our authority, our spiritual power is directly proportional to how we submit to the Word of God. We can have no more power than the amount of submission and obedience to the Word of God in our life. Fewer and fewer people in America, in Europe, Australia, and other first world countries around the world today, fewer and fewer of these people and even Christians understand this truth. Fewer, fewer of them, less and less all the time. More and more people are falling away because of lawlessness, because of the disrespect for God's word. For example, Hebrews 10.25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Let us not neglect going to church like some people do. Let us not neglect our meeting together. That's not a suggestion. I recommend you go to church. No. It says, let us not neglect going to church as some people do, but encourage and warn each other. Warn each other. It doesn't say invite each other. It said, warn them, especially now that the day of Christ coming back again is drawing near. Especially now. In these last days, warn people, go to church. Now, 
God knows the reason people stay away from church. God knows. God knows if it's seriously unavoidable or not. We cannot fool God. We cannot fool God. On fire Christians, the five wise virgins, they're always in church. And unless something seriously goes wrong or happens in their life, or unless they're out of town, even then they can go to church somewhere else. Let this verse be the beginning of our journey of submission to God and power with God. Let that verse, Hebrews 10, 25, go to church. Let that verse, that instruction to go to church, let that be the beginning of our journey of submission to God. Let that verse be the beginning of our journey to power with God. The first thing we want to do, let's go to church as believers. If I can't obey that, how can I say I'm submitting to God? How can I resist the devil? If we never go to church, we can't expect to resist the devil. He won't flee. The devil will just laugh at us if we never go to church. God's name is good. God's name is trusted. God's name is trusted because God honors and God submits to his own word. That's why. When God says something, God does it. God has submitted himself to obey his own word. See, every word you read in the Bible, God obeys it. God obeys it more than anybody else. As we learned in the beginning of this message, God's name is good and God's name is trusted because he honors and submits to his own word. If God submits to his word, Again, if God submits to, obeys his own word, should we not do the same? Should we not do the same? If God obeys his own word, should we not obey his word? Who are we not to obey? If the creator, almighty God, obeys his word, who are we not to obey it? Do you really think we have a successful life by disregarding his word? Hmm? That's crazy. We are definitely living in the last days. I beg you, do not allow your heart to grow cold. Do not allow lawlessness to creep into the church. The church must advance. The kingdom of Christ must advance. Satan's kingdom must retreat. Can we not see this? We are soldiers in the army of Christ. Let us submit to his command. Let's come to church and let's be a doer of the rest of the word. Let's set the example. This world needs to see the example of obedience and law-abiding, God-fearing people. 
Judges are setting criminals free today. Criminals free. They're roaming the streets after multiple murders and multiple criminal acts because where is the example of godliness and obedience to his word? As I said, we are in the army of Christ. We are soldiers of the cross. Let us submit to the command of our general, General Jesus. Because, family, if the soldiers don't obey the general, the general has no army. If the soldiers don't obey the general, the general has no authority. He has no throne if we don't obey him. We must fall in line. We must come to attention, salute him, and obey him. It's time. It's time for the army of Christ to arise. It's time for the church to stand up and advance. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I need to make a fresh commitment to obedience to God's word. I need to make a fresh commitment to submitting to the Word of God. I think all of us can do better. So I'm going to ask everybody with their head bowed, their eyes closed, talk to God. You talk to God yourself right now. Have a conversation. And tell Him that you are going to commit yourself today to submitting to His Word. You're going to submit to his word afresh from this moment. Go ahead and talk to him. I'm going to give you a moment while the music's playing, the background softly. Go ahead and talk to God in this wonderful atmosphere of prayer and this personal time with the Lord. Go ahead. Praise God. You just make your own commitment to once again be willing in your heart to be submissive to the Word of God and be a doer and obey it. Like Jesus does. And you will walk in a fresh power anointing with God if you do that. Demons will flee. Angels will, will go into action when you speak. Circumstances will change when you speak. Praise God. Please bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I don't know where I'm going when I die. 
Can you help me? Yes, I can. If you want to go to Jesus, if you want to be sure you're going to heaven one day, when I count to three, if you put your hand up and then take it down, God will see that as a request for the prayer I pray now to be answered in your heart. God will give you the assurance in your heart that you will go to heaven, that He is your Father, and you are forgiven. If that's what you want right now is the assurance of your salvation, put your hand up and indicate to God that is what you need, and you want that right now in your seat, and He'll give it to you. When I count to three, put your hand up. Are you ready? One, two, three. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. While heads are bowed, while eyes are closed. All right, I'm going to say this little prayer now. I invite everybody to say the prayer with me, especially those who raise their hands. Let's all say the prayer together. Let's all say the prayer together. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. He died on that cross in my place so I can be forgiven. God punished Jesus for my sins. Please forgive me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come into my heart. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. From today, I will live for you, Jesus, as Lord of my life until I see you face to face. Praise God, I'm saved. I'm bound for heaven. God is my Father. Congratulations if you said that prayer for the first time. Give him all a big praise, God. Now, those that prayed with you are going to take you to the prayer room for a moment, that's all, and then you'll be free to leave. So go with them. They're going to minister to you there for a brief moment. It's very important. Give them a great big hand clap as they go. All right then, next weekend, I have another very powerful message for you. I don't know what it's going to be called, but you will love it. All right. Pastor Viv and I are praying for you. We love you. Can't wait to see you in a few weeks. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.